in that moment where you're writing it or speaking it, you'll be like, oh my God, this is so over the top. <laughs> this is not going to happen. Why is this controlling me? But when you let it stay in, it continues to control you. And when you let it out, then you see it for what it really is. Welcome to the Art of Speaking Up, a podcast that empowers professional women to rise. I'm your host, Jessica Guzik. And in this show, I take you undercover into the stories and lessons that I learned, sometimes the hard way, throughout my career. I also talk with working women, leaders, and coaches to show you that no matter what your struggle is and no matter what your career goals are, you already have all the talent that you need to succeed. Today's episode is about overwhelm. And let me tell you, <laughs> overwhelm is something that I have deep expertise in, mainly because I feel it a lot of the time. And it's something that's definitely been a struggle for me career-wise. And sometimes I wonder why we don't talk about it more than we do, because I think it's something that a lot of us go through. And one of the reasons that I wanted to talk about it in this show and why I was particularly excited about today's guest is because in my experience, for me, overwhelm and conquering overwhelm and feeling good and just getting past that mental block, it's never been about finding the perfect to-do list or the perfect system or the perfect thing. For me, it's been largely a mental thing. And it's been much more about getting my mind right and finding a sense of peace versus finding an outer way to control something that feels very chaotic. I know personally, I know how thin that line is between feeling busy and having a lot to do and just like stepping over the edge into panic, right? It's like a spiral that you can go down and it can be very mental to the point that you could be feeling very overwhelmed or horrible and people around you might not even notice it or realize it. And because it's so internal and because it can be such a mental thing, I wanted to talk to someone who really understood and was excited and passionate about the mental side of overwhelm and sometimes the mental drama that we put on ourselves. And that's why I was so excited to talk with today's guest. Her name is Samantha Siffring, and she is a business coach. And she works primarily with women who are building businesses, but she does a lot of work not only to help them build and grow their businesses, but she's also very passionate and very, very skilled at some of the mental stuff that can hold people back and overwhelm and feeling like you have too many things to do and like the world outside of you is like spinning around you and consuming you and eating you up like a tornado. Samantha understands that deeply, and she has such a good point of view on how to avoid pushing yourself into that place that you don't want to go to. This was such a fun conversation. I loved everything that I learned from Samantha. I am so excited for you to listen. I'm going to go straight into it, and I'll catch you at the end. So mind drama is one of my favorite phrases and favorite things to talk about. Because I would say it is the most draining and overwhelming activity that we put on our plate and we don't even realize it's optional. So what I've noticed kind of in my work is somebody will be really overwhelmed, really stressed, 
but they haven't done anything. They've just been like sitting, thinking about this big list of things to do and not taking any action. And yet they're exhausted. And it's truly from that time spent in their head, worrying, thinking about it, literally thinking the thought, I'm overwhelmed. This is too much. And all that does is create those feelings of overwhelm. Like you don't think I am overwhelmed and then feel relaxed. (laughs) Very true. It can spiral too. I feel like sometimes when I get stuck there, the first thing I want to do is figure out how I can do multiple things at once in an effort to quell the overwhelm. But then the prospect of having to do that overwhelms me more. And then I stay stuck. Yes. I know. I even felt that way preparing for this podcast. It was like, okay, you gave me some amazing notes. I wanted to kind of add my thoughts so I could get in the mindset. And I was also trying to cut out these things for the baby shower I'm hosting tomorrow. (laughs) And then I was like, (laughs) I am not going to be reading something and making notes on it and cutting out things for a baby shower. Like these things can wait and I'm going to prepare. So I think sometimes just that awareness of what you're trying to pile onto yourself and realize there is enough time for all of these things. You don't have to do 25 things right this minute. And if you try to, like you said, you're going to become overwhelmed and end up doing nothing. I feel like sometimes it's kind of a grip or a control thing because there's this feeling of, oh, there's too much. I can't. And we think somewhere in the back of our minds that the overwhelm that we're stewing up inside is somehow helping us manage it and helping us feel like we have control over something that feels very out of control. Yes, absolutely. So a major tenet of the coaching work I do is called the self-coaching model, and it was created by Brooke Castillo. She is one of the top life coaches in the world. She's phenomenal. And the premise of this model is really from brain science and psychology, which is my background, which is why I love it, because a lot of coaching is very like woo-woo, soft, touchy-feely. And what I love about this is it's very laid out and very scientific and very tangible, it feels like. So the first step is to realize that circumstances are different than your thoughts and all circumstances are neutral. So the fact that you have 25 things on your to-do list (laughs) is neutral and your thought is what gives it meaning. Your thought is what creates your emotion about it. And then your emotion is what will inspire action in you and sometimes inaction. And then obviously your action is what creates your result. So what I'll have people do when they're in overwhelm or any emotion that is not pleasant is to really separate out the circumstance and the thought. And like I said, the thought is often I'm overwhelmed or this is too much or I don't have enough time that creates that feeling of overwhelm. And when we're feeling that, we will often avoid. So obviously that is not creating the result that we want of getting it done. It's creating the result of not getting it done and continuing to just pile up more and more on less time. So it really is a vicious cycle. And 
it's shocking, I think, the first time you take this model and really put a situation into it and realize you are creating exactly what you don't want by feeling bad. Absolutely. I think one thing that also can make it more difficult, especially in my experience throughout my career and my professional journey, is I have noticed a lot of pressure in the world that I'm in to not be feeling this way. And it's sort of one thing to be feeling that way and to not show it. But I think there's also a sense of everyone has it together and you shouldn't be even feeling this way in the first place. And so there's guilt and shame that comes with feeling that way and feeling like you somehow caused it or you're not capable enough. And that's why your to-do list is getting so long and unmanageable. And I'm sure that those feelings come up when you're working with people. I'm curious if it's something you see and if there are techniques you use to try to help people not feel that way. Yeah. So I notice that there are often a few pieces with this. Um, but the first one is really feeling like they should be doing all of this. And they have all of these stories in their mind. So what I see in my world is they feel like they should be on every social media platform promoting their business. And maybe what you see in the office is maybe they feel like they should have their hands on every single project or they have to volunteer every time there's a need at work take on something else. You know, like there's just this pressure to always be doing more and more. And not only are these stories completely made up and not real, not based in reality, uh, it's a form of trying to earn worth as a person and trying to prove that you're enough as a person. So it really is so much deeper than like procrastination or signing on for too much or whatever. It really is a deep self-worth issue that you feel like to get acceptance, to get worthiness, I have to really hustle and do all of these things. So kind of looking at that relationship with your own self first can be really enlightening and can really start to help with this. That is such a good point. That's definitely a trap that I fell into. I not only would I say yes to everything, I also felt like I had to jump on each thing and show enthusiasm. And it took me some time to decondition that behavior over time. And ironically, I you think when you're doing these things that it's helping you look good and look better. But what I found, and I'm sure this is something you see too, is sometimes when you start to respectfully implement those boundaries, people start treating you with more respect because they view you differently. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I almost wonder if there's a piece of, I, you know, don't have anything really important going on. So I'm just going to take all these things and they're like, oh, she's always taking stuff. <laughs> and if you have a, that boundary, they're like, oh, she must be working on something very important if she doesn't have time. <laughs> yes. You can easily become either the person that people know they can dump something mm -hmm. on or the opposite, the person people know is not going to really tolerate that kind of stuff and is going to assert boundaries. And people will very quickly adopt their behavior in response to that. Yeah. Yeah. I find with a lot of women, who knows about men, 
I do work with a few male clients. None of them struggle with this. This is a female issue from my perspective is when you set that boundary, that first no, there can be some pushback from people who are used to hearing a yes from you. And it can take a little while for it to turn into that respect you mentioned, but it eventually does. And you just have to stay really firm. And that's where that relationship with yourself and self-worth piece really comes in to stay firm with that boundary. Absolutely. And it can be tricky in a work environment because there are power dynamics at play. There are certain things that influence that. But I think one thing I would want to emphasize for people is you usually have more agency and autonomy than you think. And sometimes it doesn't have to go straight to a no. Sometimes it can just start with an open conversation or a question Mm -hmm. as opposed to just saying, yes, I'll do this. Just a little bit more transparency there. Yeah. I always recommend when people are first starting to work with people pleasing and boundaries and saying yes all the time, that they just have a blanket rule that they never say yes when they're asked immediately, that they always give themselves time to think about it and then come back with the answer. Because if you're so conditioned to just say yes, it's going to be hard to start not doing that. Um, or start evaluating in the moment if it's a yes or a no. So I always recommend like a, let me check my calendar and get back to you. Or, you know, if it's a personal thing, let me check with my partner and I'll let you know for free. Or let me go look at my calendar at home. You know, there's a lot of different opportunities (laughs) that arise for you to say yes. And I think a really powerful piece can be, you know, delaying it and then saying, if you need a yes right now, then it's going to have to be a no. That is really a great strategy. And the idea of pausing and not responding right away was a definite game changer for me. And I felt like it kind of changed this power dynamic or this control dynamic where I started to feel like other people's questions or needs didn't own me. So If an email popped into my inbox, moving from the impulse to address it and answer it right away to just letting it sit. And I think it's a similar idea where you hear something and you are entitled to space and you're entitled to time before you figure out how you want to respond to that. And I think that's such a such a great way to show your self-respect and to to make it more about you and your needs and less about the needs of everyone around you. And I think that's such a critical shift, especially for young women who, like you said, are in a mindset of wanting to do really, really good and wanting to please, which is natural. Mm -hmm. And I think in your space, you know, kind of in the corporate world, there is that feeling that you have to say yes to everything. But I truly think it's okay to still take that pause. Um, And like you said, with the emails, I think that's a really powerful one to just focus on the thing that you're working on right now or ask to go back to your desk and look at your calendar for the week before you sign on to a new project immediately (laughs) to start working on right away. You know, to really evaluate like an adult your workload and to make sure that you're able to produce at your highest level. Absolutely. And if someone asks you to do something, you can answer in a very constructive and positive way and say something like, that's a really interesting idea. 
Can you give me a little bit of time to digest it and circle back? It, it can be a positive response. Yeah. So you don't have to feel like you're fighting back against the person. Absolutely. And it's often not a demand or, you know, like a lot of times people just thought of you because they like you or respect you um, or they really value your opinion or value your work. It's not always what we imagine it to be of like, if I don't say no, I'm going to, or if I don't say yes, I'm going to get fired. Um, I can't say no to anything. They'll never ask me again. You know, it's not usually as dire as we think. A hundred percent. And I am someone who has been through a phase where I made things very dire and I turned things into these life or death kind of situations. And when you're in it, it really does feel that way. It can be really hard to get out of it, but it's helpful to have that perspective. And I think slowing down and the pause that you mentioned is so key in all of this. Yeah. I think taking a little break to figure out, is this the right fit for me? Um, or even taking a break when you feel like you have a to-do list that's a mile long to really map out how much of this can I get done? When can I get it done? And instead of indulging in that mental drama to really just show up clear-headed about how you're going to do it can make all the difference. Yeah, just allowing yourself to center. In moments of overwhelm, that can be really difficult to do. It's For me, it's one of those easier said than done things. Sometimes I need a forcing function, like get step away from the laptop, <laughs> step away from the email or go into the kitchen, make a cup of tea and come back. It could be the smallest thing. Absolutely. I think whatever it takes. I have a lot of clients who when they start to feel that way, uh, they'll go on a walk or they will leave me a message <laughs> and go on a walk and then come back. So sometimes having that separation from that moment can be helpful. I have found some ways to do this kind of mentally. So you can kind of become what my coach calls the watcher. So you'll kind of start to separate from that drama spiral that part of your brain is in and be able to watch it almost like an outsider and be like, oh, wow, I'm feeling really overwhelmed. I see this big list. My heart's racing. I'm sweaty. My brain feels really foggy. Like just start to like describe that feeling, name it, and then describe it in your body. And once you feel enough separation, then you can say, okay, what's the thought that's creating this? And what's the actual facts of this situation? So maybe the facts are, I have two projects due by the end of the week and my boss just emailed me with another last minute thing and I feel so overwhelmed. From that moment of the watcher, you can say, okay, I've got a couple days. I work eight hour days or whatever. Like that's a lot of time. I think I can do this. Okay, let's map it out. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And it helps you just step back a little bit. And again, it forces you to stop. And the point about the underlying thought is really important. And I don't think that this gets talked about enough, but I feel like there, for me, 
is sometimes this underlying thought, which is not true and not based in reality, but that I'm going to lose my job or that something really horrible is going to happen. And I think we we tend to cling on to a worst case scenario. And for me, sometimes just identifying it and getting it out in the open makes me feel this sense of relief. Yeah. I would say either speak it out loud to somebody who's really trusted or physically write it down on paper. Both of those things in that moment where you're writing it or speaking it, you'll be like, oh my God, this is so over the top. (laughs) This is not going to (laughs) happen. Why is this controlling me? But when you let it stay in, it continues to control you. And when you let it out, then you see it for what it really is. A hundred percent. And one thing that's really important for me on this show is to get some of these things out in the open, because I think there are a lot of us. And as a coach who works with lots of people, you kind of get this bird's eye view. But as me, just a person existing in the workforce, I only see my own view. And there's this illusion that I'm the only one and everyone's having this same sense of alienation and even a little bit of shame and a little bit of guilt around it. But I think the work that you do and the perspective that you have speaks to the fact that these scary thoughts and these feelings that we have that we don't like are very universal. It's so true. And I think that this is something that I am starting to lose as I am a coach for longer and longer. So I've been doing this for three years. I've worked with probably close to 400 women at this point. And then, like I said, three men. (laughs) And I just see the same exact story coming to me every single time. And of course, I experience it myself as well. And it feels really real when it's my thing. But now I think just when I talk to people and they have something, I'm almost dismissive of like, everyone feels that way. And they're like, no, that can't be true. (laughs) So I feel like I have to really like work to remember like that feeling of being all alone in it because I really identify with that. That is how I spent most of my life. That um, was probably the predominant feeling that I had from, I don't know, like eighth grade till age like 26. (laughs) And just that feeling of like, I have all of these things going on and inside and feel like I'm the only one who feels this way. Everyone else loves life. Everyone else is happy. What is wrong with me? But we are all like that. That is like the human condition. When you hear that phrase, that is it, is having these horrible things inside that we think only happen to us and they literally happen to everyone else. I'm so glad that you said that. You are someone who has, you said, worked with 400 women and seen this 400 times and you still sometimes Mm -hmm. feel alone in that. And I think that's such good perspective to make people feel like this is normal and there's nothing wrong with it Mm -hmm. at all. Yeah. I really like calling it out. I feel like the, the thing that I always try to say all the time is you are enough. You don't have to do anything else to be enough. Your feelings are normal. Sometimes we have bad feelings (laughs) because sometimes we don't feel happy. And that's so normal. Like about half the time, we're not going to feel happy. And you know what? Bad things are going to happen to us no matter how positive we're thinking. 
And it's okay to be sad about things or frustrated or angry or discouraged. That's all so normal. And I just really try to call it out as much as possible and really try to expose um, areas where I feel those things, days where I feel terrible. I would say like last week, the entire week, I was feeling so bad. Like I just felt like my business is not going to work. And like you heard, like, it's been working. <laughs> yeah. But like, it's not going to yeah. work. It's going to fall apart. What am I doing? Like, we're going to run out of money and have to be homeless. We're going to lose our house. You know, like all this stuff. And it is not backed up by facts. You know, if I would go back and do a model on it, it would be like, okay, the circumstances are very different from the thought in this situation. But it happens. And I made sure to go live in my Facebook group and be like, look, <laughs> I do this work every day. I still woke up feeling this way multiple times this week. It's just how we're wired. It's okay. And it doesn't mean that I have to stop doing my work. You know, I can still keep moving forward even though I don't feel amazing today. I love that you share it with people. I think for me, one of my key beliefs on advancing women is bringing some of these things that a lot of us, I know that I felt like I couldn't share, bringing it out into the open. I think there's a fear that when we bring it out into the open, it's going to ruin our credibility or there's going to be some negative effect. But actually, I think it opens other people up to accept themselves and to realize that the thing that they're experiencing or thinking is far less of a barrier or a problem or a negative thing than they thought it was. And these are the things that build connection. The things that we're most afraid of being judged for um, or being rejected for are the things that will bring us closer to other people by far. Absolutely. And as women, I don't think I don't think that me or any other woman who cares about helping women rise and progress is doing any favors by projecting this image of perfection because I think that it's alienating. And I think what really needs to happen is there needs to be space for women to accept themselves as they are so they can actually access and unleash the talents that are behind all of this. And I, I love talking with coaches because they're, they have such a deep understanding of that process. And I think starting with some of this stuff and starting with some of the challenging feelings that can keep a person stuck or hold a person back is a really helpful starting point because you can breathe a sigh of relief and know that it doesn't really mean much about reality, about the present or about the future. It's just a thing that we're all going through. I love what you said about that, about how this really holds women back from their potential and their contribution and amazing things. I kind of have this like mental image, and this is probably exactly how it is, of Instagram being this place where every woman is putting forth this beautiful image of her perfect life and everyone's feeling isolated, ashamed, and alone behind it in their real life. And it's just taking up so much time and energy of theirs that could be used for something really powerful. I feel like 
our own self-defeating beliefs and stories that we tell ourselves are keeping us back from like saving the world. Basically, (laughs) I could go on a massive rant on this, but I feel like this is the biggest way that we can really empower women to go after their calling or making a difference, whatever that looks like for them by helping them eliminate the ways they personally are holding themselves back by not thinking that they're enough, not thinking they're worthy, not valuing their own opinion and voice, not speaking out, all of it. 100%. And that Instagram dynamic can also show up in very weird and twisted ways in the corporate women's empowerment space because there are these images of perfection and these role models that we see. And for me, there's a huge ingredient missing a lot of the time. And it's that honesty and that frankness and maybe not just showing that perfect end result, but in a very open, real and helpful way, addressing some of the problems that are current to the women that are aspiring to get there. I know that was missing for me. And I felt like, oh, well, I guess I just need to keep hiding all of my problems. And I guess I just like need to keep plugging along. And I think creating the space and giving permission to acknowledge the challenges and the things that are hard and not always glamorous is just its so important. Mm-hmm. I love that. I think telling the truth about things, really being honest about what we're going through, this is so important. I feel like it's the key to everything in life <laughs> is just say it, you know, and it kind of goes back to the thought of overwhelm, like just say it. My plate is full. Thank you so much for the opportunity. Please think of me again. (laughs) You know? Yeah, absolutely. And even just, even if you just need to say it to yourself without judging yourself, like in this moment, I am overwhelmed. I am not at my best right now. I'm not functioning my best. I'm not feeling my best. I'm like on high alert and I'm physically uncomfortable. Who cares? Like that is fine. Allow yourself to be that way. It's probably not your fault, even though you might think that it is. And there's nothing inherently wrong about it. I think it's that like extra, like you said, the mental baggage attached to it that is needs to go away. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think even if we feel like being overwhelmed is not an ideal state and it's not our healthiest, the extra layer of judgment for being in that makes it worse. So Something that I will say for all women who are starting to grow and get some more awareness is that you may start to notice these unhealthy patterns you have and then become really frustrated and judgmental towards yourself for why you can't just make them go away now that you know the answers. And I really encourage everybody to have a lot of self-compassion around that and realize it's a journey, it's growing. Um, it's a lifelong process. You're never going to be perfect. Like I said, I am not perfect. This stuff comes up for me and at least eliminating the judgment helps it to be a little bit less intense. A hundred percent. I still have so many moments where I go there and I'm in it and I know I shouldn't be and I know I should do the thing and go for a walk and I can't and you just can't beat yourself up over it. I think for me, the key has been very small, digestible goals and small wins all the time. Mm -hmm. I agree. Love that. 
Should we? I'm wondering if we should move into the listener question, unless there are points around this that I haven't hit on because we went really off script, which is a great thing. <laughs> um, I think we're pretty good. I am ready to move to the listener question. All right, here we go. The question is, I work in an extremely fast-paced work environment. People will fire off multiple emails while participating in a meeting, and there's an expectation of fast reply almost all the time and saying yes to everything. I'm finding it difficult to concentrate because I keep getting overwhelmed by everything going on and all that I have to do. I worry that I will fall behind, but the worry makes it hard to focus and it becomes a vicious cycle. Working in an open plan office does not help. I feel like I'm in a fishbowl. How can I get my mind to calm down and how do I adapt to all of this stuff around me? I feel like I'm getting in my own way. Sincerely, death by a thousand emails. <laughs> <laughs> I love this. And who doesn't hate an open plan office? <laughs> uh, it's, it's an introvert's nightmare. <laughs> I'm an extrovert and I still hate them. It's everyone's <laughs> nightmare. <laughs> yes. So I have a few thoughts. The first is what stories are you telling yourself? So I hear that there's some expectations around fast replies and always saying yes. And I do wonder how much of that is real and how much of that is extra that you're putting on to your own self. So I would say question everything that you're assuming that hasn't been directly told to you like by your boss, like reply within 10 minutes or you're fired, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Really get some clarity around what's the actual truth there and then stop holding yourself to an impossible standard. Like no matter what I'm doing, I'm replying and saying yes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I also loved the phrase, the worry makes it hard to focus and becomes a vicious cycle because we talked about that earlier for sure with how our thoughts create our feelings, our feelings create our actions and our actions create the results. And the, those results become new circumstances, but then we go through this whole model about again, and that is the vicious cycle. So I would say you've got this worry about falling behind. I think the thought is probably I'm going to fall behind. So then you're feeling worried. And then, you know, instead of focusing and getting stuff done, you're kind of going crazy in your own mind, trying to halfway do all of these different things. And it's just not good. So I would use this worry and this thought of falling behind as kind of a red flag that you need to reset and take that little moment that we talked about and see, okay, what other kind of thought might be available to me in this moment? Like identify what that circumstance is, think what other thoughts are out there. Like maybe I'm going to figure out how to get this done. That is a really empowering thought instead of I'm going to fall behind. It still acknowledges there's stuff to get done. And instead of keeping you kind of spinning in your mind, it helps you to get into positive action. So I really love that one. And I also, with the open plan office, would say, are you a person who needs quiet to get stuff done? And if you are, <laughs> then you kind of need to explore what options there are for you to be effective in this open space. So it might be that you need to wear headphones, like noise canceling headphones or something, and then just kind of 
sit down like like a horse with blinders on or something and just kind of focus on what's currently in front of you and what's going on there. Or depending on what the office looks like, there's a couple different things you could do, but just something to kind of make this feel like your quiet space and tune out the rest of the world. You can't build walls around yourself, but there are a couple of things you can do to make it more effective. And I think even like when you're in the middle of a project, turning off your email notifications can be really powerful as well. So those are a few thoughts. <laughs> Very helpful. Thank you so much. And one thing I would say on the open plan is <laughs> some people don't get the message that headphones mean do not interrupt, which I'm not sure how that's unclear, but people will still tap you on the shoulder. You can start just letting people know that if, you know, just wait till my headphones are off or I'm in the zone if that's something that's happening to it. And I used to think like you can't say these things. You're going to sound mean and annoying and all of that. But you can just say it nicely and respectfully and people people will listen. Mm-hmm. Yes. Have a little go-to statement anytime anybody taps you on the shoulder of I'm in the zone. I'm in the middle of something really big. I'm happy to chat with you when I'm done. 100%. And like we talked about before, you will then start to train people not to bug you and not to interrupt you because they'll now know, oh, she's got the headphones on. She She's doing something. I'll come back later. Love it. All right. Any other thoughts or questions about death by a thousand emails? That was really helpful. I don't think so. My favorite thing that you said was about turning the thought process positive and trying trying to find the thing that you feel you can do and kind of the empowering nugget. I think that's so helpful. I'm so glad you mentioned that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And sometimes there is no positive thought available to you. And in that case, I suggest finding a neutral thought. And I know like a really good example of this is not even related to overwhelm, but it really illustrates it well on body image, which I'm sure we all struggle with as well. Every single woman on this planet. (laughs) (laughs) Right? It does not matter what we look like. (laughs) But if you're thinking things like, I hate my body or I'm disgusting, shifting to my body is beautiful or I'm so sexy or whatever is not going to speak to you. And the key is choosing a thought that does, that creates the right feeling, that doesn't create additional shame or stuckness or whatever. So in that case, you would think a thought like, I have a body and just like leave it there. So you may even think about a thought like, I'm here to work, (laughs) you know, and that may just get you in the right space of like, okay, I'm here to work. I can figure out how to do my work. I love that. No pressure to find a happy thought when a happy thought is not going to come. Sometimes they are not there. (laughs) You're not, and pushing does not solve it. Mm -hmm. Wonderful. So before I get to the closing questions, I just wanted to ask you to share where listeners can find you and get in touch with you if they want to connect or learn more about your work. Yeah, so I am at tbhcoach.com. And then also I'm on Facebook, just... Samantha Siffring. I read all my private messages there. I am happy to connect there. 
I'm also over on Instagram where I try to post inspiration. And then my stories are real stuff, <laughs> not pretty, not pretty perfection. Um, and that over there, I am Samantha HMS. I think we're now ready for a couple closing questions. So I'll ask you a couple things that I like to ask everyone. The first is about the title and theme of the show, which is The Art of Speaking Up. I would love to hear your thoughts on why speaking up is important. It can either be as it relates to overwhelm or more broadly because it's such an important thing. So I'll give you the floor. Yes. So I did have a few thoughts here. So when it comes to overwhelm in particular, speaking up actually out loud about your boundaries to say no or to be honest in a situation like we talked about is incredibly important. And those can be difficult ways to speak up if you haven't done it yet. And like we've already mentioned, having a go-to phrase that you just like on autopilot say and don't have to think of in the moment is gonna be extremely powerful there to start helping you to avoid taking too many things onto your plate. I also kind of want to talk about something that's going on on the inside because that was kind of outside speaking up, but you also need to speak up inside because you do kind of have these two different voices inside. And one is that primal brain that is not bad. It's totally wired perfectly for survival, but it is wired to look for the negative and it is that negative voice inside. So this is really that most primal part of your brain that helps you to like run away from a bear or whatever. It also tells you, don't speak up. People will get mad. You should hide. You should just say yes to everything. You're not good enough. That's the source of all of those things. And then you have this higher brain. It's the most new part of our brain. We are super lucky to have it because most creatures do not have this part. And this is where our goals and higher self live. And this is the voice that we need to allow to speak up in our own mind to remind us we are enough. We are worthy. All of our goals are achievable for us. I love myself, you know, all of these things and truly have your own back. So if you're going to decide, I'm going to start setting boundaries and being honest, you need to have your own back on the inside to say, yes, this is safe. This is who you are. This is what you deserve to do. I love that so much. You're the first person who's looked at it that way and talked about that. And I think that's so incredibly helpful. And people really do have the power to access that voice because that's what you do in a lot of your work, right? And you see women doing that all the time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And we just have both, you know? So it's hard to recognize what's going on in there. And I think if you haven't really learned that, and I even didn't learn this in school as a psychology major, where they tell you about all of the parts of the brain. This is something that I learned later on as I started my coaching career. But I think it really helps you to realize, okay, there is an ancient part in here that is wired for risk, negativity, and survival. And then there's the part here that's propelled human civilization to everything amazing we've ever accomplished. And I have both inside of me. 
Well, thank you for sharing that. We're at the point now where I ask you the final question of the interview, which is essentially giving you the floor to do what I created this show to do, which is to make women feel good and empowered however you want to. So I'll just turn it over to you and let you chat for a minute or two. Yeah. Okay. So I really just want to say that as young women, you have so many choices for your life. And kind of up until now, everything has been directed by school, by parents, by this master plan that you were following to do one step and then the next. And now it is totally open to you to make all of those choices. And this can be extremely overwhelming. I know when I was a young professional, I had kind of checked off a lot of those things on my life's to-do list and still felt incredibly empty, lost, overwhelmed by the possibilities and choices and was just like looking for answers of what was going to make me feel better. So I really want to encourage anybody who might be feeling that way now that you are how you choose to feel better. You have that option inside with that model that I talked about earlier. That is totally your choice to create any feeling that you want to feel and to dictate whatever you want to do in your life without following like what you think you should do or what you think you have to do or your parents want you to do. Like it's your life now. You're driving this car. So I just want everybody to know that, everybody to feel inspired, not overwhelmed by that. It doesn't have to be perfect. You don't have to be curing cancer at age 25 or anything. There's so much time to just kind of explore and make your own decisions. Thank you so much, Samantha. That was so helpful. And I'm so excited that I got to have you on and chat with me. I'm feeling more empowered to manage my overwhelm. Good. Thanks so much for having me and for the opportunity because this was really wonderful. Thank you for listening to my conversation with Samantha. I hope you enjoyed it. I think for me, you know, as someone who does feel overwhelmed quite often, a big takeaway was just that this is part of the human condition. It's normal and it's okay and there's nothing wrong with it. And sometimes you can make yourself feel better and that's amazing. And sometimes you can't and that's okay too. It's just part of life. And it was really nice to hear that from her and I, I appreciated her sharing that. Thank you for listening. As always, if you're enjoying the show, be sure to subscribe to the show, rate the show, and if you're feeling super generous, write a review for the show in the iTunes store. That will certainly make my day. And if you would like to submit a listener question to be answered on the show, you can send your question to jessica at theartofspeakingup.com or my Instagram handle is at the art of speaking up. I love to hear from you. And if you submit a question, there's a pretty good chance it might get answered on the show. Thank you for listening. As always, you know it means so much to me. I'm always saying that, and it's true. That's why I say it all the time. I hope you have a wonderful day. And if you're feeling overwhelmed or something's just feeling hard and not good, just be really, really kind to yourself. That's the default thing that you can always do no matter what is just be really gentle with yourself. 
Have a wonderful day, a wonderful, peaceful day, and I'll catch you in the next episode. Bye.